Welcome to the Mission Advancement Podcast, where we attempt to address the stigmas around nonprofit fundraising through the lens of the power of relationships. Your mission is worth advancing, and we're here to help you fund your mission for good. Welcome to the Mission Advancement Podcast, everyone. We have a special guest today. We're really excited about this episode. We have uh, Mr. Blair McCullough, who's the president at Liberty Christian School in Argyle, Texas. And we're going to have a chance to get to know him a little bit and hear about his story. He is a former client and a good friend of Mission Advancement. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good to see you. And as well, we have Tim Connor, one of our great consultants who worked with Blair during his campaign. And Tim, you lived this. You were there to see it happen. And we wanted to get your perspective today as well. Oh, super excited to get some uh, questions that I've been dying to ask you. On yes, this will be good. But gentlemen, great to have you with us today. This will be a fun conversation. And um, so Blair, tell us a little bit about you. President of Liberty Christian School. How long have you been there? Tell us the story, all the good stuff. Oh, that's a little scary. <laughs> uh, so thank you, for first of all, for inviting me to be here. Um, it's an honor. Uh, so my background is a little bit different, I would say, in that uh, my family and I, we came to Texas and to Liberty Christian via South Korea. So we uh, actually were serving in a private Christian school there mm. and where I was in leadership, and my wife was a teacher, and so uh, traveled to, to Texas. It was our first time in, in the state, and uh, Liberty Christian, a lot of big changes, and uh, but just an amazing, amazing um, opportunity for our family to be here. And so I, I started at Liberty Christian as an assistant principal in our okay. upper school and served there for a couple years. And um, after two years, I had the opportunity to step into a headmaster role, which was uh, basically an assistant to our founder. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we, Liberty is blessed to have a founder for 34 years that ran the school. And so a lot of rich tradition, um, amazing amazing stories and testimonies from that school. And so uh, it was it was truly an honor to be able to step into that role as headmaster and follow after, with him. After 34 years. After yeah. 34 years, That's yeah. big deal. And so then from there, uh, our founder uh, made the decision it was time for him to to hang it up. And so he, he retired in 1718. Um, mm-hmm. And that year I stepped into, uh, I would say, kind of a temporary... Uh, role there, uh, f- you know, people say you never want to follow in the footsteps of a founder. Uh, it was definitely a challenge, but <laughs> <laughs> to be sure. But it was a it was a, a great opportunity for me to to follow in his footsteps, and he was a great mentor and leader for me. So uh, it was a no brainer, and definitely felt the Lord's leading in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stepped into an interim role for a year, and then after that year, uh, eighteen nineteen officially was named the president of Liberty Christian School and served in that role ever since. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So family, tell us about your family real yeah, quick. Yeah, so uh, my wife, uh, Christy, also works at the school, okay. and uh, we have two children, Jackson and Taylor. Mm-hmm. Both are Liberty graduates, and uh, uh, Taylor's graduating this year from college, and uh, Jackson is in his heading into his junior year. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you all have a great school there, beautiful campus, and growing, I understand, highest enrollment this year? Uh, not the highest, but we, we definitely are, um, have had seen a growth spurt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. 
I've loved watching uh, you work and being on campus at Liberty, too. You guys do a great job, certainly a school of excellence. Um, it's kind of tucked away in DFW a little mm-hmm. bit, so, so you don't stand out as much. Um, but once you get on campus, you're impressed. And yeah. I know I was impressed the first time that I arrived on campus and just the, the way you and your team welcomed me um, and, and how we became part of the fabric of, of your school was, was awesome and a testimony to how well your leadership is respected there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, um, you know, that's one of the things people have said since I got to Liberty um, is that there's just a feeling about it. And I, I would say that we have an amazing climate at our school, and you do mm-hmm. feel something different when you walk in the building. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're certainly blessed with amazing facilities and a, and a great campus, which I think adds to that climate. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is a special place. It was made great long before I got there, and it's just an honor to try to carry that on. Well, it was great to work on a capital campaign with you, and I'm, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, uh, before you were the headmaster at the school, were there any campaigns that you observed in that process when you were the assistant um, principal or did you see any campaigns and what did you, what feelings did you have about campaigns before we got to work together? You know, really I hadn't had the opportunity to be a part of any of them. Uh, Liberty had just finished up a a big campaign uh, which resulted in our new high school. Mm -hmm. And so I came in on the tail end of that. Uh, I think it was the uh, Christmas of 16 where we actually moved into that new building. So that was all kind of wrapped up and, um, I didn't get a, to be a part of that. Yeah, that's so. a nice start for you. He yes. has a new building. Why don't you go ahead and uh, take, yeah, that's take right. the deal here? That's right. <laughs> We're so happy that's to right. have you here, right? <laughs> yeah. So you got there, you're, you're feeling things out, you're establishing your leadership and, and all those priorities. At what point, Blair, did you realize that you needed to do something in terms of a capital improvement at the school? And what did that look like for you? Sure. So um, one of the things when, when I first got to Liberty, um, it was on my heart to uh, take some of the things that I had learned in the past at other um, stops along the way in my educational career and um, see how I could bring those into Liberty and, and obviously bring benefit to uh, the school and ultimately help us hit our mission in a, in a deeper and better way. And uh, part of that was um, a more student-centric approach mm-hmm. to what we were doing. And so um, in seventeen eighteen, I was doing some brainstorming and thinking with my uh, director of educational technology, who's just one of those crazy out of the box kind of guys who, you know, he, he's got more vision than he could ever do anything with. And uh, so we were, we were talking about what opportunities we had um, for how we could create a more student centric ap- approach, yeah. uh, more hands on, more um, higher order thinking, more. Uh, collaboration between students and less of a teacher as gatekeeper mm-hmm. and students having more input. And so that started with, you know, what spaces do we have? And uh, so we we just did some dreaming and uh, kind of graphed out some spaces in the school that we thought we could down the road utilize. And yeah. so that started the dream, I would say. Yeah. In that process, uh, when you started bubbling up these priorities and adjustments and new projects that you needed. Um, who else helped you in that came along and, and, mm. and really formulated the, oh, we have enough here that's beyond our budget capabilities um, that led to you to going, we need some help with this. Yes, that that right there is all MAPS fault. 
<laughs> so, but seriously, we uh, so after seventeen eighteen, um, there were some other projects that were starting to come to the surface. We'd been in the school at that point for about eleven years, and obviously, uh, the school was growing, which was beautiful. And um, so we had some other projects that were bubbling up. It was interesting about them is each of the different projects combined really touched every area of the school. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't have a lot of experience with capital campaigns. And uh, certainly um, in my mind, typically capital campaigns were that one big building, right? Mm-hmm. That one big project. And what I was looking at was four projects. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Maybe so, five. <laughs> yeah. And so because of um, our prior relationship with MAP and with you guys and um, – I made the decision to to come out, and I sat down with Skyler, and just said, "Hey, tell me if I'm crazy, and if I am, I'll walk away." <laughs> yeah. But I've got these projects, and is it plausible to make it one campaign, multiple projects? And um, he, Skyler was phenomenal laying it out, and mm-hmm. he helped me kind of take that vision that was you know fifty thousand feet and pull it together into something that we felt like we could do. Yeah. So Blair, uh, you've referenced MAP a few times today, and that's wonderful. That's, you know, most people still know us by MAP. We actually um, went through a rebranding a couple of years ago and dropped the P. And so we're just mission advancement now. That's just for the benefit of our audience, but just didn't want to confuse everyone. I also remember, though, at the same time, the projects were the really nice leading front side that everybody really saw. Behind the scenes, you had some challenges that you had to face with some debt that you wanted to add into that. Talk a little bit about that process and how maybe you formulated that to a campaign. Sure. So originally we we wanted to, uh, the idea was to raise money for these projects, absolutely. But also we had some debt at the school as a result of our previous buildings, mm-hmm. our new campus. And so we wanted to try to tie the two together and see if we couldn't chip away at some of that debt while also... Um, you know, realizing the the fruits of of these new projects. And so that was a challenge initially. And mission advancements was was critical in that conversation as well, because uh, the team here really helped us to understand what the impact was going to be of trying to raise money for debt. That's a very different conversation Mm -hmm. I learned pretty quick. And so we, we did shift along the way. Uh, in our in our route to accomplish our goals, but uh, yeah, that was definitely a part of the original. Yeah, one of the things that I specifically remember was some some individual conversations where there was even almost a feeling of we want a dollar for dollar exchange. If you support, if someone supports the campaign uh, as a donor, they wanted to split the money uh, between debt and the other. You had some of those conversations. What did that feel like from a donor perspective as you started that campaign? Yeah, I would say there was definitely resistance on the donor side of that. Um, one of the things that I really learned uh, through the process was that, you know, your families, um, they don't want to just give money to the school. They want to invest money in the school. Mm, that's a great so, comment. And so trying to convince them that investing in our debt, uh, things that were already – on campus that we were already utilizing was a little bit harder than, than I would have expected. Uh, I would say that was just lack of experience on my part, but um, so those conversations were difficult. I got some pushback right away from a few of our top uh, donor families that, you know, that's not something they really wanted to, to, to do. Uh, 
however, they were really excited about the future yeah. and what we could do with, yeah. with others. And so, um, you know, debt is something that uh, when you don't have it, you certainly can do more things in the future. Mm-hmm. But when you ask someone to help cover it, it just doesn't have the same feel yeah. as something new. Right? Yeah, it's not, sh- the, it's not the shiny new thing that someone right. can get excited about. That's right. I think it's also important to understand that Blair had a great plan in place to knock out that debt um, outside of a capital campaign as well. Um, and I think that really helped clear a path for there is a, we don't like debt. We want to remove the debt. Um, but you had a great plan to resolve that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and kudos to our board, um, mm. our board of directors. They, they helped us lay out that plan and we felt very confident and still do. And right. we've, we've actually been able to successfully knock out a huge chunk of that. That's true. That's um, awesome. With their help. So yeah, they were critical in that conversation. Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times already, Blair, that you had not had real campaign experience. So here you are president of the school, four or five major capital projects. Everyone's looking at you for direction. What was going through your mind? Like, what was, were there points of angst for you? Like, what kept you up at night when you thought about the scale of this? Yes, that's a great question. <laughs> is, that, a, is that an episode in and of itself? It is. It's a totally different conversation. I would visually see it when I came on campus. Yeah. I, I think Tim was able to gauge where I was at mentally just by looking at me. You were a counselor, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, it's, um, I will say this. I had complete confidence in our community mm. as it related to what we wanted to accomplish because we have an amazing community at Liberty Christian School, very supportive, um, always willing to give of their time and resources to the school. How we were going to go about doing that, because I didn't have the experience, that was a little nerve-wracking for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the whole process that Mission Advancements brought to us of, of laying that out, uh, I, did, I had no scope. Yeah. Uh, for what that would look like. So that was a little nerve wracking. And then, of course, at the end of the day, uh, everything that we did was for our students and mm-hmm. uh, felt confident that we were advancing the mission. But was it really going to turn out the way we hoped it would? Yeah. And so you, yeah. as you go through the process, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more, but things change daily. Yeah. You find that out pretty quick. And um, so that can bring a little bit of of nervousness about how things are going and yeah yeah you know construction costs right were about right. as reliable as the weather at that point <laughs> and so that changed it seemed like weekly yeah uh, so yeah, there was some concern over our overall cost and budget and all sure that. yeah so you referenced the board earlier and the fact that you have a great board how did you lean on them how involved were they with you in the early stages of discerning what you had to do what was that like? What were those conversations like? Did you feel like they were on board with you? Sure. Uh, the entire time? Absolutely. It, you know, um, as the fiduciary responsibility for the school, mm-hmm. the initial conversations were the questions, right? Have you thought about this and what is this going to look like? And <laughs> we're not taking any, any more debt. And, yeah. and so that also helped frame, you know, some of our direction. Sure. I would say one of the beautiful things that Mission Advancements did for us in that process was to help us to create a committee for this campaign. Mm. And um, Tim did a great job giving us advice on who, who should be a part of that and help us identify some individuals. But key to that, I would say, was our board chair 
was the leader of the entire committee, which was amazing. And he wasn't initially the board chair. Right. We could see that path coming. Mm. And man, was that helpful in this campaign. Huge. That was a difference maker right there. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a board that um, their desire is really to serve and not be served, Mm -hmm. um, then there's, I I believe, there's not anything you can accomplish, right? If I'm saying that right. And um, our board chair at the time certainly. He, he embodied that. You know, Blair, maybe one last question here. Uh, what do you feel was like most important to you besides raising the money you needed for the projects? What, what stands out as really important to you in the process of running a campaign? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say the um, relationships mm-hmm. um, in that, yeah. you know, you never, obviously you never want to uh, do anything that's going to affect your annual fund. Uh, we still right. had to yep. we still had to raise money to <laughs> operate the school, and so you don't want to do anything to to damage that, and that all comes down to relationships and people. And so for me, it was wanting to make sure we didn't do anything to damage any relationships along the way. Mm-hmm. Again, we have amazing families, yeah. and uh, so that was important. That's and good that, stewardship. Yep, good, good stewardship, stewardship of of your donors and your yep. stakeholders. If anything, during that process, I was able to watch Blair navigate. That was always one of your concerns, yeah. was to really navigate those relationships well. Um, and, and I actually think you brought people closer in, which is what we always want to see in a campaign. That's right. It's not just about coming to them and asking for money or something like, you know, hey, I need this from you. Um, you really brought them in closer and let them see behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think you have better relationships today with some of those donors from even that campaign. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. For whatever's next on the horizon. Absolutely. So kudos to you yeah, and your team. And, and we see that so often. I mean, you know, when you start talking to people about gifts of that size, you become pretty intimate with them. That changes the dynamic of the relationship so often. Um, so we're going to transition here in a moment to talk about what the process actually felt like for you. Um, But I'm curious, Blair, what led you and the board to believe that you needed help in this? In other words, why was it the decision, hey, we can do this on our own? What led you to believe you needed somebody to come alongside and help you? Yeah, that's also a really good question. I I would say that um, outside of the fact is, you know, new president head of the school, uh, I was still trying to figure out how to manage <laughs> the school. Uh, but outside of that, I would say that the initial conversations that we had because of our relationship with Mission Advancements mm. really cemented in me mm-hmm. that this was something bigger and there was a lot more to it. And we needed expert advice to navigate all of it. It wasn't going to be just coffees and asking for money, yeah. you know, yeah. like we typically do with our relationship giving over our annual fund. Mm-hmm. We had to sell the vision. We had to find out the passions of our, our of our uh, constituents, yeah. and make sure that we were addressing those passions along the way. And so, bringing all that together, mm-hmm. uh, we realized very quickly that we needed support in that. That's great. So this is a really great conversation. There's so much more that we want to ask you about, Blair. Uh, you know, we want to hear about what it felt like to make your first ask and some of the details related to the campaign. So this is actually going to go into a second episode. So hold that thought, and we'll be back. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mission Advancement Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at missionadvancement.com for additional content. And never forget that your hard work in nonprofit is changing lives every day. Keep funding your missions for good. We'll see you next time.